0: Welcome to Season 3 of the Let Your Heart With Hope Podcast. I'm Erin, and I'm so thankful you're here. My hope and prayer are that through listening to today's episode, God will encourage you and do immeasurably more than all you can ask or imagine. Have you ever wondered how there could possibly be purpose in your pain? Maybe you're looking at the storm in front of you and can't see a way out of the suffering, or you feel alone and abandoned by God. Maybe you're questioning how he could ever turn this around for good. In today's message, Crystal and her son Wyatt share their story and how God walked with them every step of the way, showing them that there was a greater purpose in their pain. They share the struggle and the strength that was birthed through it. And ultimately, they point to the God who is good and has a greater purpose in it all. God has a greater purpose planted in your pain. You may not believe me and you may not see it now, but I pray that after listening to Crystal and Wyatt, you will have hope that God has a greater purpose in the midst of your pain.
1: When I was pregnant with Caitlin from the very beginning, I remember having conversations with Chris and saying that I felt like something was wrong And I didn't know what it was. And I don't know if it was God trying to prepare my heart for the fact that we wouldn't have her for a long time. But I remember having conversations with him saying, like, if it comes down to a choice between me and this baby, you choose the baby. And I remember him constantly telling me, no, I'm going to choose you. Like, the baby's not here. I'm choosing you. It was something that it just... It was a feeling that continued. And I remember even after I had what we thought was a healthy baby girl that went to doctors and everything, she was ahead of milestones and all this. I remember the feeling that I was going to lose her. And I just don't know how to put my finger on it. But again, like looking back at it, I think God was preparing my heart for the fact that she was not going to be here forever. And I remember going to her bedroom door after she would sleep through the night and praying outside of her door, like, please don't let me walk in there and find her dead in bed. It was something that it went on for the longest time. And then when she started to become symptomatic, I just didn't understand like what was happening. I was told that I had a healthy child and then all of a sudden there were symptoms that were happening. And with these feelings that I had had from the day that I found out I was pregnant with her, I remember going to the doctor and they were little things that I knew were not right, but doctors didn't want to pay attention to it. And I just kept on saying like, there is something wrong with her and I don't know what it is, but there is something that's happening. I remember the doctors just brushed me off. Like she's fine. She's hitting all these milestones, et cetera, et cetera. Just kind of brushed it off. Then eventually when we did get the diagnosis and there was apparently something wrong, like where doctors were starting to take notice and her physical therapist said like, she needs to go to a neurologist like today. I can't say that you're completely prepared ever for that. And no matter what God was working ahead of time, I wasn't 100% prepared, but I almost didn't feel like I had everything ripped out from underneath me when I got that news. I know that the delivery from the doctor was, it was a horrible delivery of the news. I think it was his first time having a terminally ill patient, being a neurologist, he was still new and he didn't know how to have the bedside manner for it. And I think that was really only the hardest part because I knew in my heart, God was leading me to an understanding and making me prepare myself for the fact that I was going to lose her. But then Chris did not have as strong of a faith as I had. And just, he did not know how to deal with it. And so I don't know if the reason why I was given this feeling was so that I was prepared because I was going to have to carry the weight of my grief, his grief, and taking care of her. I was mad, but I don't know that I was completely mad at God and saying why, because he had already shown me some sort of window into the fact that she was going to be gone and stuff. And so I just remember like pulling up my big girl pants and it's like, you've got to do this for her. And then I had, Wyatt was only 15 months older than her. And so I had uh, two toddlers. I had one that was regressing and losing abilities. And I had another one that was confused, didn't understand what was happening with his sister. And I think those were really my hardest moments were just watching my kids of Caitlin was looking at me and trying to understand why she was losing these abilities. Then having Wyatt, he was scared to even get a cough at that point because. His assumption was like sick meant sick that you're going to die. And it's like all these things that I didn't know how to deal with, with a two-year-old and a three-year-old that are questioning what is happening. It was just a, it was a bumpy road of not understanding why this was happening, but it's like in the same sense. My heart was prepared for the fact that I wasn't going to have her. And so the five years and eight months that I had her seemed like a gift because of the fact that I felt from the very beginning when I was pregnant with her, that I was going to lose her. If I hadn't had that glimpse, I don't know how I would have dealt with it with everything else that was going on because I had Chris that was, he was questioning so many different things. And he was mad, like just mad and angry. And he didn't have a deep relationship with God at that point. And so he was angry. And why would I want to have a relationship with God? And the fact that he's doing this to me and is like, he had a lot of guilt of, is this a punishment for with Chris and his military background and being in war And obviously there's not pretty things that happen there. And he said, like, is this a punishment on me that she's receiving? And it's like, why would God punish her for the things that you've done? That's, it doesn't even make sense. And it's like, it's fine to be mad at him, but it's not you that is doing this to her. And it's like, this is her journey and her walk. And I know like after we lost her, um, Chris hit a really just a deep point of heavily drinking still no relationship with God he was still mad and um, I remember looking at him at one point and he was supposed to have left on a deployment within it was only a few months after she was diagnosed and so he was home with us a little bit and then she ended up in the hospital with an emergency surgery for her G tube because she was having some different complications and um I remember his unit was being really not understanding at the point um they said cuz she was in a military hospital he was supposed to go out in the field and be training and she was impatient in the hospital waiting for her surgery date and um, They wanted him to go out into the field where he would be hours away and out in the middle of nowhere without a cell phone. And I remember them telling him, well, you can take a cell phone call. And if you have to get back for surgery, then you can get back. And it's like, in what world does a cell phone battery last a week or whatever it is that he needed it to? And it's like, we're in a military hospital. You guys can call and check. We have a terminally ill child that's getting ready to go in surgery. I've got a three-year-old sitting here with me in the hospital. And I just said, I can't take care of all of this by myself. And then his unit started to kind of understand things and then they had him um, out in the field with a loaded weapon and staff. And I, at one point had to tell them like, he is not in a good place and everything that's going on with the news that he's gotten. And he had already been in an accident. We had come close to being able to lose him. We lost a driver in that explosion and Chris was injured. And it's like, to have everything that's already happened. And now we've gotten this news only a year later that our child is going to, um, die. Um, I said like, this isn't smart. What are we doing? And they eventually came to the conclusion that he shouldn't deploy after me begging and pleading and saying like, he's not mentally okay. And I can't, pull off having a terminally ill child and a three-year-old at home and so they finally kept him home and that deployment that he was supposed to be going on they lost a lot of their guys they a lot of them were killed a lot of them came back missing limbs I remember after we lost Caitlin and he was in a dark place I remember saying like Maybe this saved your life. Maybe her life was meant to point you in a direction towards God. And maybe it was to keep you here for your children, even though she walked through this journey. Like, I don't think God punished you or caused her to suffer, but like the timing of everything was to keep you home and keep you with us. And it's like, those should be reasons alone that maybe you need to start looking to God and fix yourself. And it was shortly after that, that he went and got help with all of his PTSD and his drinking. And he found God shortly after that. So um, that just kind of woke him up that her life meant something and it should have been something beautiful that changed because she lived a life of When she was born, she was just this spunky, intelligent, beautiful thing that she lived with like grace and beauty. And she shined so bright. And even in all of her suffering, like I just remember looking at her and the radiance that she exuded. And when I was pregnant with Avalyn and Caitlin went to all of my appointments and I remember her eyes lighting up, the nurses would hook me up. I was on a high risk pregnancy with Ava. They had Caitlin in a room and Caitlin got to listen to her heartbeat over the monitor. And we would have to sit in there for an hour every single week. And I remember her just smiling and it was a happy time. And all she wanted to do was meet her sister. And it was about two months prior to her passing that we were visiting family friends. And she kind of plummeted while we were there. And we had quite a few hour drive home. She in the car and I was really far along pregnant with Evelyn, and I couldn't get over the seats and I just remember praying in the car of like please don't take her on the side of the road. And she was turning blue. Chris got the car over and I just remember I was screaming in the car like trying to rip my seat so that I could climb through because I was so big I couldn't climb over the seat and just screaming in the car like, please don't let this be it, God, like this can't we can't lose her in the car. And she's been so excited to meet her sister, and we're so close to this point. And as soon as we got on the side of the road, I jumped out and started mouth to mouth. And I was just praying over and over, like, just don't let this be it. Like, let us get her home, and then you can take her, but don't do it now. This can't be her story. And so I got her home. And um, I remember sitting on the couch with her and just looking at her, and like, if you're ready to go, you can stop fighting but if you want to meet your sister, I will help you fight. And she gave me the look of, we're going to keep fighting. And I just kept on praying over her that please let her do this. She needs to make it. She wants to meet her sister. And her sister was named after her. It got a portion of her name. Her name is Ava Lynn. So she got part of Caitlin. Her middle name is faith just with the faith of everything that was going on. And, um, our friend Nicole had passed away in that time of when Caitlin was sick. And so Avelyn is now Avelyn Faith Nicole because of just its story of just faith walk and tragedy. I remember looking at her and just saying like, we are going to do this. And she gave that look, we're going to do it. And we camped out in our living room on the floor and had oxygen machines running and just a crazy crazy situation going on for the last month and a half of pregnancy and, um, her life. And, um, we somehow made hospice made arrangements at the hospital that Caitlin was able to go to the hospital. She was in the delivery room. Um, she gave her dad a scare while I was delivering, but she was there to witness Avalyn born. And she stayed the two days in the hospital with us afterwards. She was one of the first ones to get to hold her sister. And you can see in her first pictures, Caitlin was just looking over at her. We had her cheek to cheek with her and she looked over and Caitlin had lost her smile fairly early on in her disease. But in a couple of those pictures, you can see her smiling and um, she made it four weeks After Avalyn had made it, she got to what we call babysit. Um, I would let her lay in bed and I'd leave the room and let the two of them just lay in the bed together. And she just was so happy with all of that. And then she finally felt it was her time to go four weeks afterwards. And um, I remember when she finally did take her last breaths and we prayed over her with the coroner and stuff. And I remember... Wyatt had left the house and I didn't have any other kids in my house. And I could actually hear somebody say mommy and it was a girl's voice. And so I don't know if it was Caitlin just saying like, mommy, I'm okay. But it was, I mean, it's just such a crazy walk and like the the strength that she had and what she knew that she was bound determined to meet that sister that she pushed through all of it. So I won't go into details of things in my life prior to being married and my kids, but I can just say that there were some super dark times in my life. And if you allow God to come through to you, if you don't ignore those things, he can pull you out of some of the deepest trenches. And he did. There was just a lot of bad things that had happened. I allowed him to help me prior to Chris when Caitlin and everything, um, I just knew to lean into him. So I didn't get in that dark hole because sometimes when you're in that dark pit, it seems like there's no way out and you don't feel like he's there surrounding you when he is, but it's more or less you're ignoring it. So if you would look up and just allow him to pull you through. And it may not be some of the obvious signs, but it's those things that you can look at of, like with Caitlin's story of the fact that I knew that he was preparing me for something when I was getting those feelings. And it's like, if you would just open your eyes and your heart and let you know that he is there, it's not that he wants us to suffer. He was We were never though granted a perfect, easy life. Life is supposed to have challenges and it's what we can do with all of that stuff. If we walk with him and let him show us the way of how to live and how to keep getting through all of this stuff. And it's like grief for me. I mean, it's ever changing. And I wouldn't say that I haven't had dark days or hard days, but I just know that her life was not meant for me to wallow in pity that her life was something beautiful. And if I allow it to be that I can continue on. And like I tell my kids, Um, especially Avalyn, her grief is changing because she doesn't really know her sister. She knows her sister through stories and stuff. And all I can tell her is your sister lived a beautiful, strong, graceful life. And all she wants for you to do is to live a beautiful life and do things and look to God and the peace that you can have is knowing that her body is whole and it's no longer broken. She's no longer suffering. And her time up there, she doesn't know time. She's not missing us waiting. She's living in peace so we've got to do what she wasn't able to do with our life because we're still allowed to be here and she'll be there the day that we get to go home to heaven. She's going to be there and we'll be reunited. And it's like, just live your life for her. And it's okay to miss her, but don't let that pull you down into a, because these kids and their lives, they mean something and they mean something more than a darkness. Um. So what was it like? growing up at such a young age with your sister and her terminal disease and what how did it shape you and mold you
2: uh i would say it pointed me towards god because uh it showed that it was a purpose he had a purpose for what he did for uh like for sending her even if it was with the disease that like it was a blessing in disguise even though it doesn't seem like it it was um, I think it shaped my life because, like, it made me realize that, like, it's just a part of life, I guess. You just gotta grow up sometimes.
1: How has it made your bond or your search for Jesus stronger?
2: It made me search for Jesus stronger because it was kind of like, how did this happen? More of, like, how did this come to be? Why did this happen? Why did she have the disease? Why did she have to die? Things like that. Um, it made me grow stronger to him. Like my relationship made it grow stronger because it showed that, like I said, it had a purpose and that what he did had a purpose and everything that he does has a purpose. To me, the purpose was like, as my mom said, like that it with my dad, it helped him in ways that nobody knew but it helped him and it helped, I think it's safe to say, all of us to come closer to God himself and our relationship go stronger and show that everything he does has a purpose.
1: How has it changed the way you look at other people and the way you, you care for other people and the things you get involved in, um, in your community because of, what you dealt with with caitlin i see different things that aren't normal 15 year old things can you touch on any of that
2: i've kind of always thought, like not everybody has the same opportunity as you kind of like caitlin she didn't exactly have the same opportunity to do the things that i can do and that all of us or most of us can do so i've always thought to like treat people equal even though like some things they just can't do. So I always try to help them with the things that they can't do or what they can somewhat do.
1: Wyatt is obviously very, um, he's not, he's be- being very humble. Um, his empathy towards people has been significantly impacted by his sister. Um, the way that he treats, kids that have different disabilities or different life challenges. I get to see him and how Caitlin and God have worked something in his heart. His empathy is just amazingly deep. His care for other people, his heart. He is somebody that I can't believe at 15, the way that he thinks about other people and the godly way that he acts towards others, whether it's just family, friends, or kids in school, and the things that he goes above and beyond with all these other people that you would think as a, I mean, this was in middle school and high school, um, just to see the way that he treats people, no matter how different they are, and kind of the kids that maybe people. A lot of kids don't pay enough attention to his empathy towards them and getting involved in things like the Special Olympics and stuff. It's the second that he finds out mom's doing something with that, he is the first one to volunteer to be a part of those things. And in class and a girl that's in a wheelchair and going up and helping her from class to class without being asked, it's just those things. And even friends of ours that he just texts them like he has some weird feeling that they need a text just saying, I love you. And like just the way that he cares about people. I call him my old soul, but he's got this caring heart that is extraordinarily big. And I think those are things that were definitely brought on by his life with Caitlin and the fact that he in a way took a backseat to all the care that she needed and wasn't neglected in the sense of He wasn't fed or any of that kind of stuff, but neglected, and sometimes the normal childhood things. But those things are, I think, what shaped and molded him into somebody that cares about other people and wants to follow Jesus in the way that he treats others. Wyatt is somebody that I think is beyond his years and doesn't realize it half the time in the way that he cares for people and his search for search God in his life?
2: I look towards Jesus and look into him. Maybe read the Bible, maybe a verse a day, whatever it is, whatever you feel comfortable with, a page a day, whatever. Pray to him. Talk to him. Talk to anybody, really, because I know that keeping that stuff bottled up isn't the best thing that you really want to do. So talk to somebody, talk to God, pray to God. Read God's word, worship God, all that stuff. Look on the bright side of life.
1: Make Jesus and God the center of everything. And just remember that you're not alone in this struggle. And I know it can feel like you are, but you're really not. And if you can focus on Him, it will get you through this. And reach out to other families that are going through or have been through this. I think that was one of. The biggest things in my journey when I did get hooked up with some of them that had already lost their children or were a little bit ahead of us on that journey, having them as a support system along with my faith that everything was going to be working out the way that it was supposed to. And although it was not my choice of this type of a journey to walk, it was the path that we were going to be on just accepting that and looking to Jesus to help walk alongside and having those other families
0: that had been through it to know that you can make it. God's purpose for your life cannot be thwarted. No pain can change his plan. No brokenness can change his ability to bring breakthrough. No mistake can change his abounding mercy Your suffering cannot change the saving grace of Jesus. Your story is held in the palm of His hand. He will not let you go. He will not leave you in your suffering. He has a greater purpose in your pain. Thank you so much for being here. I hope that Crystal and Wyatt's story encourage you to share your own story. You matter, your life matters, and your story can make an impact that matters for eternity. Make a difference today for someone who is fighting for their
2: tomorrow.